Coming up in today's episode, we're going to be talking with one of the first people to go on the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser Hotel, the Halcyon. We're going to talk with Kirk today from Walrus Carp Clothing to see if the experience is truly worth the price tag. Stay tuned today, get your seatbelts clicked in, and ride on. Uh, what's up, Kirk? What's up, man? Not too much. How are you, dude? Good. I'm live uh, from the atrium. You're live from the atrium. I love it. Uh, so we're here with Kirk today, Walrus Carp Clothing on Instagram and uh, Walrus Carp on TikTok, right? Correct. Yes, all those things. Yes, he uh, he is the record holder for most consecutive rides on the People Mover at 69, I think, right? 66. Or 66. Okay. I, was, I watched the video. It was a good hour video. I got to play in my spare time, so. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was a total of fourteen hours and twenty four minutes, no stops. That's amazing. I think the the highest I hit was about twenty when I was about seven years old. When my mom was sick, they just let us keep going around. That's about dude, it. That's that's a. I mean, that's a long amount of time, dude. Twenty is because you're talking yeah. about twelve minutes per, roughly. Yeah, Not she. Like I would know, but. <laughs> yeah, we got. She got like really sick from. Uh, I forget where we at. I mean, th- this was when I was seven, so the food, the park has changed a lot since. Uh, I don't even know what she ate, but she was throwing up and then she just got on the ride and they're like, you can just stay and sit here the whole time. I'm like, I was seven. I'm like, okay. So that was, yeah, that was like four hours, brother. I'm sorry that your mom got sick. I mean, that's uh, like a core memory, you know, those things, they stick. Oh, for sure. But no, we grew up going to the park. I mean, we've, we have a house probably 20 minutes down the road. So, or a little, my grandparents have a house down there. So we're used to going to the parks and got my pass and everything. So yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so you went to the Star Wars hotel. I did. I went to the Star Wars Hotel, or as they call it, uh, which is not a mouthful, yeah. the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, or if you want to call it short, you can call it the Halcyon, or you could call it the Chandrilla Starliner. So, yeah. There's names upon names where Han Solo and Leia had their honeymoon, right? Big deal, too. Yeah, canon. Canon. They're adding actual Star Wars lore into... Uh, the the creation of this experience because I I can't call it a Star Wars hotel because I think that does it such a disservice uh, and it's not you it's not you dude I just yeah I have been putting out a lot of TikTok videos and there's so much hate because I think there's a lot of misrepresentation everyone looks at the price point and then they automatically are like why would I pay that much to just stay in a room it is not like that you are injecting yourself into a Star Wars storyline for two and a half days so yeah, yeah fire away dude what do you got uh, I got a few things I wrote down. So I went through a few videos I watched and most of them were influencers that got invited there. And I wanted to get your opinion because obviously you're a paying customer. It's your yeah. own money you've earned in your life. Um, one, how was Sabac? Did you get to learn to play Sabac? Oh, dude, dude. For, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so hang on, time out. You're talking to like probably one of the bits. I'm such a like nerd. No, I, love I, love, I love Star Wars more than anything in the world uh, when it comes to like, actual movie franchises right i'm not into really marvel and i totally get that ecosystem and why it's so important to people but star wars was since i was a little kid every single star wars movie i collected action figures i played board game i remember playing when i was like six a sarlacc board game where you would it was return of the jedi and you had little pieces that would fall into a cardboard pit of cartoon it was awesome it was like the coolest thing ever but Sabak is an integral part, not only of the storyline of Star Wars, because you have when you see the movie Solo, you actually get to see the Corellian 
uh, Spike version of Sabak, which is the one that Han plays against Lando, which they show it as a card game, but really it is a like a computerized holographic and they call it spike because your your cards can change at any point throughout the hands they actually sell that version in star wars uh galaxy's edge in batu for like 16.99 and then they also have uh, on the ship a completely different version that is called coruscant shift which if you want to play you don't have to this is like an extra experience but in the sublight lounge which is the bar there they have a four top hollow sabak uh game that you can play the Coruscant ship version, which is very, very fun. I never played uh, any of that. And if, if you want to see any of this stuff in detail, just head over to our YouTube channel. I probably have uh, about 10 videos posted right now. The Halcyon, I probably have another 40 to go. Like it's just insane. And my TikTok feed for the last month has almost exclusively yeah, been. That's Halcyon. how I learned about it. That's I saw it on there. I'm like, Hey, I have to get this guy on an interview because everybody else I saw was all influencers got there for free and i'm like hey listen i want to i want a paying customer that is a star wars fan trust me if you go down to my room like a little you know three rooms down i have yeah. probably 40 lego star wars sets i just got the new lego star wars game like i'm a huge star wars fan oh, dude the, the legacy no. is sick I, no. I i i haven't played video games in a while just because of time i just recognize that i i have young kids it's like yeah. so hard to like run a business Young kids, content create, and uh, before this, this was that was all on the side. So Waller's Carp has existed since uh, June of 2019, but only as like a side business until September when we moved down here full time to go after our dreams, find our happily ever after. Hey, I uh, love that. And, yeah, which is which is awesome. It's like we're putting all of our uh, our credits in the middle of the table on Sabak and and go on one hand. But the game itself is really fun. You played in the Sublight Lounge. Um, the crew members, so we're not calling them cast members because yeah. they're on the Halcyon. We're calling them crew members. So actually on this picture, it would be the Sublight Lounge is right over here. Okay. Cool backstory. This ship that I'm on right now, I wish, I wish. The ship that I'm on right now is, uh, if you're listening to this, I have a virtual background of the Halcyon's big atrium is what they call it. And actually, you it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, Han and Leia. This back here, uh, which is a giant like kind of backlit etched a uh, screen with big, bright, like neon tealish blue color on a black uh, screen. This is just for audio only folks uh, was a gift from Princess Leia because Han and Leia had their uh, honeymoon here on the Halcyon. There's actually comic books that verify some of this backstory and the crew members on the Halcyon will, will verify it. But the, before it was owned uh, by the Chandrilla Starline, it was owned by the Huts. So this whole entire atrium would actually be a casino floor. And that hollow Sabak table that you play on is like the last bastion of the casino. So they had many, many of those. So people could gamble and drink and hang out in this area, which would have been a gaming floor, not a hotel lobby. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that they really immersed the story how they did and put it with Batu because I know we'll get to it a little bit later that you do yeah. go to Batu and you do get to go on the Smuggler's Run. You do get the ride, ride, ride it. Rise of the Resistance. I know that, right? Yeah. No, yeah, dude, I, you're rising above it. You got this. Uh, try, oh, yeah. I, I read some uh, some sample, uh, you know, like little things. So, like, when I went on my Disney cruise, I went in there. I'm like, I need to know what I'm doing every day. I need to see, like... So, I looked on there, and this is a one of those. I mean, there's different, obviously, experiences you can have. Um, but I'm just going to let you fire away. So, like, how... Do, so, when you first get there, what's the experience when you first get to the hotel or the, so, the ship? 
So I, I did kind of archive this too, because I wanted just for my experience, because this is just such a unique thing. You're never, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge really was the very first time. A lot of people do not like Disney version of Star Wars, but we've gotten Rogue One, we've gotten Solo, we've gotten all of the, um, the sequels to the original trilogy. So like to me, they doubled down and threw so much money at this. And if you, if you look at the hotel experience, the biggest thing that people will complain about is that this looks like Star Trek. What you don't recognize is that almost always exclusively in the Star Wars uh, series, you're on a smuggler's freighter or you're on a transport vessel or you're on fighter ships or you're on giant star killer bases. Like these are, these are more either wartime transport or passenger vehicles. You're never really in high luxury end. And the closest experience, I actually rewatched it the other day. Uh, Solo, the uh, I think his name is is uh, is it Karkin, Darkin, Draven, 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 Draven's, yeah. Draven's luxury uh, yacht that he has that we see multiple times throughout that film. He's actually drinking out of Chandrilla style wine goblets in that film. And the inside, guess what it looks like. This it Just 100% like that. looks exactly like this. So when you say it's not Star Wars, I think you're looking at it from from the wrong perspective of what the ship is. Me, as soon as I walk in, jaw to the floor. Holy cow, this is real. Like, how is this? real? How am I able to walk into a Star Wars experience? And the crew members automatically they'll give you uh, they'll show you the model. They'll talk about the age of this. They'll talk about the uh, owner and creator. Uh, it's just it's. So unbelievable. And then you see the sublight lounge, which is where I probably spent the majority of my time after hours because it's open so late. Most of the things here kind of close sometime like the visual experiences and the interactive pieces usually end around 10 o'clock. So whether that's that's dinner or a final toast or like an atrium kind of gathering, this this can hold about 350 people total occupancy wise, maybe a hair more. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it, it never feels really crowded unless there's all of us are gathered here for some sort of like everything takes place on top of this secondary kind of platform area. Yeah. And my suggestion to anybody who's going on the, the um, star cruiser. And I got this from a TikToker David Vaughn, who was on uh, trip number one. He was integral for my success in terms of positioning. And you just want to be dead center of this room looking upwards because you're going to want to see on all angles. Some things happen behind you, but you don't want to be standing like where I'm virtually sitting, which is closer towards, uh, the bridge. You don't want to be towards the bridge. You want to be more towards that Leia system, but everything happens above you. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw a lot of videos. Uh, I saw obviously with Ray and Kylo, I saw the uh, the confrontation between them, which is amazing seeing the lightsaber for the first time in live action, the new lightsaber. Correct. Oh, dude, it's so yeah. dirty. Like, so <laughs> granted, I, I elected to go on one of the first uh, Halcyon trips uh, just because I wanted to get it when it was fresh before they were able to make changes and tweaks to it. And I also felt that probably this group will be more invested because they want to get on the first trips. Right. So yeah, for uh, sure. collectively as a, as a whole, I would say less than 10% of all audience or, um, or guests of the Halcyon are not dressed up and in full type character. So almost everybody has their own character, minor backstories, but a lot, some people are dressing up like their favorite characters, but that was also really minor. There was a lot of people who were either first order officers or sympathizers, or they were from uh, Naboo or some people were, were like Twi'leks. So like it just, it was really diverse in terms of 
the the guest experience and the guests were phenomenal, dude. It, like they added to the level. This one guy, and sorry, my voice is a little bit thrashed. I do live streams on Mondays and Wednesdays, pretty much eighteen hours on TikTok, uh, except for when we pop off on Wednesdays from seven thirty to eight thirty for the Rad Tea Party. Uh, this is all Eastern Standard Time. And I just, dude, I, I talk the whole time. I'm like a talker anyway. Oh, but, oh like, trust me, me just, too. But I have a Watto impression and it's actually not that bad. I got to hear this. Let me get it. Yeah. Hey, the kid's good, no doubt. <laughs> yes. I love that. That is perfect. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's one of my few uh, Star Wars impressions that's almost spot on. And this guy who is from the 501st, which is a part of the uh, like Stormtrooper cosplay, and they, they usually will visit kids who are sick in hospitals. Like It's a really, really cool group. They do a lot of uh, philanthropy. But there was a couple people from that. And you could always tell the people who are more invested based on their accessories and their look. Well, I recorded a voicemail for him in Greedo's voice, and he paid me in Republic credits, like metal credits. Oh, it was that is the so cool. coolest thing ever. Yeah, maybe at a- the end of this, like I didn't prep clearly. I should have oh. brought some of these things, but maybe what we can do is like put a pause, come back real quick, and you can restart the the screen record, and I'll just showcase off some of the props, and you can interject it into this okay. however you want. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I saw one thing. So with the live music and dinner, uh, I know for you because you love snacks because I obviously went on your page, your clothing line and everything because you love snacks. How was the food there? Dude, look, love it. it Chewy. I got, I got a (laughs) Wookiee cookie and a surly Sarlacc over here. That is, Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, man, go for it. So you've, so you obviously had lunch and then did you have any, or so you had breakfast, lunch and dinner, correct? You had all three or. Yeah. And I, I was like a hobbit. I did uh, like double lunches because there was opportunities to eat in Batu, which you can eat in Batu anytime that you go to Hollywood Studios, uh, but it was free. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get something that's really expensive, not free, but it was included in your, your ticket price. So I'm going to get something that I've never had that's really expensive. I got the the uh, tuna poke, and then you could get an alcoholic beverage. I got my favorite one, which is the Takadana Quencher. It has dragon fruit, and it has this like tropical fruit punch. But they also had on the Chandrilla Star Line a lunch buffet. So uh, my buddy Scott and I, WDW Twit, I go, dude. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be a giant fatty. And like, we're eating every single item that they serve. We are trying every single thing that they have snack wise. There's, there's a whole food menu on the sublight lounge that I had to work through, which was probably about uh, eight to 10 offerings. And then there was snacks over here in the atrium on the right-hand side, kind of like as like a registration concierge area where you could ask questions. They were there available 24 seven. So I had to have all those snacks and then your breakfasts and your lunches were uh, buffet style. So they happened in the, uh, what do they call that? The crown of the Corellia dining room. And it was like a buffet cafe, cafeteria tray. And they would have probably about 25 items, maybe 20 items, a little bit less. And it would be all kind of Star Warsian foods, right? So lots of Bantha butter or blue milk. They had green milk and blue milk, blue milk on tap. And then there was redfish. So things that happened in the sequels, uh, so yeah, it, everything was, was themes. Like they didn't call anything, uh, vegetables. It was always like flora or tubers for potatoes. Flora was like cauliflower and roasted beets. And the big thing about the food, if you are a foodie who enjoys Asian flavors, particularly Indian, Korea, like South Korean, uh, Chinese and Japanese, you will love the menu. Uh, that's like right in my wheelhouse for flavor wise profile. And they nailed 
high end top tier flavors for all of it. A lot of people were like, oh, it looks like McDonald's. Bro, I don't know what McDonald's you go to, but it certainly doesn't look like the food here. It's phenomenal. Yeah. From what I saw on your TikTok, no, that food looked very good. Very lots of colors too. I was like, I was very surprised with <laughs> colors. Yeah. I mean, once again, they have to make it kind of like Star Wars. And so yeah. a big part of that is everything is dyed. It's funny. Like you go back uh, off off planet and you're like in regular life and you're like, oh, it's so weird having food that's not dyed. But then when you get something that's like hyper color, I'm like, oh man, I feel like I'm on the Halcyon again. Cause everything is super, super bright, vibrant. The big one, I know um, Disney Food Blog and a couple other people covered it that they freaked out about was the uh, blue shrimp. So the blue shrimp happens on your, at the very last night, your dinner. And the two dinners are really special because they're table service. So you have a um, a crew member who's going to serve you at your table. Uh, it's all prefixed. You have no choice. They give you everything though, which is really, really nice. But during those dining is when epic storylines actually take place, which is really, really cool. Uh the first night is a performance by uh, Gaia, and then Wraith Cole is there, your cruise director's there, the captain's there. They actually have this captain's table that seats 10 people, and you sit down, and she basically improvs with you. Uh, captain Keevan will improv for like about 30 minutes sitting down, and then they got, I think, um, champagne and then two other little tiny courses on top, and it was only 30 bucks, but there was only... 60 seats or, or no only 20 seats across the two nights so that instantly sold out and to even book this which was insane uh i was there right as soon as they opened up for annual pass holders and i waited on the phone for about six and a half hours before i even spoke to anybody that's that's awesome yeah i saw the yeah i saw the captain's table which was, looks amazing right there with the experience of just how that just how all the cast members are and just how the crew is with everybody it just looks phenomenal because I've been on a Disney cruise, but with you're going, you're going from a Disney cruise to an experience that you're paying good money for. I mean, that experience has to be unmatched. Well, dude, I, I haven't priced out cruises, but I feel like the cruises are not that much more different in price. I remember my mother-in-law was like, when all the girls and our, our grandkids are of like a certain age, when everybody's five or something, let's all go on a Disney cruise. I'll pay for it. I'm like, Unless you want to uh, refinance your house, there's no way you're affording 10 people to go on a cruise. It's just a couple thousand bucks, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. So I went three years ago for my senior trip. So I graduated high school. My mom's like, "Hey, like I haven't, you know, I haven't bought you Christmas gifts or anything." And I'm like, "You know, just clothing." She's like, "Because I've been saving up for this trip." So yeah, it was. I think it was three thousand dollars for three days. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So three three thousand dollars for three days. I paid twenty four hundred dollars for two and a half days, and uh, and I had a roommate in mind. So there was only two of us. If you want to really save money, go with four people. And if it's for like friends, that's really great because then you really are splitting it up. Uh, but that that you can pull the price apart a little bit by having more people on uh, in your cabin. Like I think you can do it for them like just under two grand, which just under two grand, I, this is going to sound ludicrous and I, I apologize. And I did pay for this and recognize that I am a freak for star Wars. I have to have all these prefaces, right? Uh, you are interjecting yourself into a star Wars film. That's basically it. Like you are living a star Wars character. I had a character. His name was wall Karkin. He was a smuggler from Batu who has a first order kind of loyalties because they pay better. So uh, yeah, it just was to, to interject yourself into a star Wars story. I don't know where else you're going to do that. And as yeah. a result, Disney owns that. There's no other place that you would be able to do that. And for somebody like me, if you could get in there for 1800 bucks to 2400 bucks, yeah. 
yeah, yeah I, it's not that bad. I was reading a lot of forums, saw a lot of YouTube videos because I'm a, obviously a huge Star Wars fan. Like you probably saw the same videos of everybody complaining about the pricing, everybody complaining about the theming, but they were never there. They were never got to go in the physical ship and experience everything like you got to experience. Well, I, I think, you know, listen, the price is scary. The, the pr- yeah. there's, there's no doubt about it that the price is scary. But I, I am of the ilk and uh, motivation, coaching, mentor side of me. Because before I got into this, I was uh, in education. I taught high school history, world cultures in US2 for three years. And then I, I sold beer at a wholesaler and managed brands. And then I left being a director of sales and marketing for a mid-cap brewery before I started doing this full-time. So I, I coached and mentored sales teams. My biggest problem that I have is when people put limitations on their life, right? So if you're complaining about this because it's not an experience that you would enjoy, totally respect that opinion because it is too much. If you don't like Star Wars or if you have no interest on going on this, you're going to hate it anyway. Much like, honestly, I wouldn't really pay $2,400 to go on a Marvel campus Avengers like if they had a, a Avengers campus where you could, uh, you know, go and and I don't know. Super, this, I'm sorry, this is awful. This is me like terrible oh. Marvel. Like oh, go I'm... and uh, and uh, the Archer dude, Hawkeye or whatever, teaches you how to shoot a bow and arrow. Like all those experiences, probably for people, or like how to shoot webs better. And you'd go on Web Slinger. Like if they did that, and they probably are thinking about doing that, they would annihilate folks that wanted to live in Marvel universe, like it would be so up their wheelhouse and exciting that, you know, it's, it's just like, what's important to you. What's significant to you. Maybe, maybe it's sports, maybe like going to spring training would be amazing. If you could actually get on the field and play with some of your players or have a catch with your favorite. What is, what does that experience cost? I don't know, but everyone has their own likes, dislikes, and there is a threshold, but I, I don't like people saying I'll never be able to afford it. So I've, I've embraced all of the hate that I've gotten on Halcyon videos who are like, I would love to go, but it's ridiculously expensive and go, listen, everybody can figure out a way to make a hundred or 200 bucks extra, uh, a month. If you can do 200 bucks by going to thrift stores, going to Craigslist, going to Facebook marketplace and flipping items that you find for really cheap, go to garage sales and make an extra hundred bucks, extra 200 bucks. It's so much more accessible. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not never, nothing is ever easy, but if you want it, it bad up. enough, yeah, but if you want it bad enough, a hundred bucks, you're talking about two years, you're on the Halcyon, 200 bucks a month, you're on the Halcyon in 12 months. So like there, there's, it's not an unaffordable thing. If you, you just got to get out of your mindset that like, I need to have this large chunk of money right now to do it. You don't like, this isn't going anywhere. And in fact, I think in the future, they're going to add a legacy one like Han and, and Leia are such a part of this. They had their honeymoon here. They gave a honeymoon gift to the Halcyon. They actually also uh, had uh, the conception point of Ben Solo, aka Kylo Ren. That's that's happened on the Halcyon. And in fact, in the uh, it's not the brig, the engine room. One of the pipes has inscribed in it Leia and Han, or oh, their initials at least. It's just the little details. I mean, we, you know, obviously being a huge Disney fan like me and like others in the community that the details, the smallest details are the biggest things. I mean, in, in, at all. I mean, we just know, I mean, we have the smallest things, the hidden Mickeys, you know? Yeah. And when, when I'm, so I grew up, I'm like a theme park nerd. And honestly, my, uh, my historical background for Disney isn't really the films or the music or the actors and actresses, although I love them. I really am more of a theme park historian. That's just kind of like what I really enjoy. 
because I grew up going to Six Flags Great Adventure, which is in Jackson, New Jersey. From like age 13 to 25, I had a season pass and I would go almost every single week. So I knew that theme park inside and out. And the little glimmers of uh, theming. So, for example, we had this ride. It was called Houdini's Great Escape. And it was themes like Harry Houdini would be putting you in his final trick, even though he's passed. It had a pre-show and it had its own dedicated room. The ride was okay at best. It was not very enjoyable. But because it had theming and because it was kind of like I was in Disney all the way up in Jackson, New Jersey, it was like one of my favorite rides because I just felt like Haunted Mansion-esque. And it was it's not a great story, but it was a story. And I would just eke on to as much of that as I could. Like Dollywood's really good at that. Universal's really good at that. And Busch Gardens is really good at creating stories in their theme park attractions. But Disney... And Universal, Disney's a, is is better. Yeah. And Universal's just just a hair underneath. They they both crush it with full immersion, which is what this experience is. I do want to talk about that influencer thing though. Whenever we get a moment, yeah. So uh, a little bit of backstory. Same thing with me is like I'm huge theme park enthusiast. And funny thing is, I'm actually going to school to be a history teacher. So it's kind of funny. And we're like, ah, dude, dude, we're like the same person. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and dude, I think in the future, you're going to be teaching in like AR, VR world. So the better you get in the metaverse space, I think the more impactful you'll have at scale teaching history. Like, could you imagine actually, I don't, what's your favorite point of history or, or kind of era or, I don't right know. with, uh, with the Revolutionary War for me. Oh, dude, me too, yeah. man. Yo, all right. So could you imagine the Revolutionary War, any of those individual elements where you could actually bring students into the experience that it would make, signing the declaration of independence actually seem legitimately interesting to kids who don't care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These kids nowadays, like when I was in my history classes, like from freshman to senior year, I took all college classes. You know, I'm a freshman sitting with all seniors and they're like, why are you here? Mike? Because I love learning about history. Like, yeah, I just love it. Uh, but no, that is like revolutionary. I mean, just like, because a lot of kids don't like history at all. I mean, we know that. So, but having that be, or being on the, the battlefield, just living that, you know, seeing that would be, unmatched the the language of that time period too when you read those documents like the declaration of independence is just such a uniquely structured document like the term resolute really stands out to me like unwavering commitment to and it's one of my favorite lines in that whole entire thing is the pursuit of life liberty and happiness it's not the guarantee like in life there are no guarantees and circling back to to uh disney the american adventure for a historian is what the Hall of Presidents should have been. It, it is audio animatronics the entire time telling stories of from the, the beginnings of this country all the way up to the present. And it basically says, don't rest on your laurels, get after it. Surplus makes, uh, makes people softer and not uh, entrepreneurial and getting after it. Like you need a life of, of risk and adventure rather than comfort and safety comfort and safety leads down a very negative path so like we we need to be getting after it and uh as americans i feel like sometimes we lose sight of that so yeah dude life liberty pursuit of happiness not guaranteed but get after it the journey is important dude just like your podcast second episode bro first of all thank you so much for having me on of course yeah uh, and yeah man like this is like you pursuing your own happiness here through this podcast yeah, it's like I yeah, I've, like I said, I've grown up with theme parks my whole life. I mean, I live an hour away from Cedar Point, probably America's best amusement park. And then cool. we had we had well, we had Jaga Lake, and then obviously Cedar Fair decided to sell that because that was pretty dirty. Uh, and then we have Kings Island. But like I said, I've had a season pass to Disney, 
I was going to get a universal one, but then I decided I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go there all the time, but, um, transferring Dude, Dieter, So I've been to Cedar point. It's amazing. But the only reason why it's like a rivalry, right? Six Flags Great Adventure and Cedar Point were in a uh, a roller coaster arms race for the amount of coasters that we had to the point where almost every year you guys and us just went so, back and forth. Cedar Point versus Six Flags. We're literally going back and forth, not only for trying to break new barriers for tallest, fastest, steepest, whatever, and just pick a, a style of coaster. Uh, Cedar Point was amazing. Uh, I would recommend anybody going to Cedar Point, though, if you're going for only a day like we were, buy the little pass thing that cuts all the lines. I know it doubles your ticket price, but Cedar Point has really, really long lines, and uh, and there's no like real effective way to get through them except for just pay that, and then you'll get on everything. You'll have a much less stress-free experience. Yeah, it'll be my first year actually going to the one in New Jersey. So I've never been to a Six Flags park, minus when Jog Lake was Six Flags. So I'll actually get the ride Kingdom Ka which is we Great are ride. our version is shut down for the rest of the year. I don't know if you know that. I don't. What's, uh, top what's going thrill, on? Well, top thrill. Wait, hang piece. on. Breaking news. Breaking news on the podcast. Yes. Uh, so a piece flew off of the train last year. Hit lady. Hit oh, some geez. lady in the head. We don't oh. know. the. We don't know like what. Like obviously the family's pretty private about it. Uh, but then they decided like we had no time to work on the ride because during the investigation, they can't touch the ride legally. Yeah. You can't so make changes. They're yeah. just going to keep the ride shut down for the rest of the year. So. Now me and my buddy are going out to uh, ride Kingdom Ka. So, dude, you're gonna you're gonna love the experience at Six Flags. It's it's a very if you like coasters, it is a coaster park. That's oh, yeah, the best for- way to explain it because they they really don't have a lot of uh, other crazy attractions. The real big draw are all of the roller coasters, and we've we've gone through so many changes, dude. I've been such a crazy theme park fan. So when I was 13. I would go on coasters with a Sony Hi8 big handy cam and record front views of like uh, Rolling Thunder, which was our wooden coaster, Viper, Medusa, like every single roller coaster that we could. We would film them. I have all these like uh, Sony Hi8 tapes of front views of these coasters. And then we would also take uh, disposable cameras and take front views. And then we would go to the one hour photo, get them developed. This is all stuff that's foreign to you, Austin, but uh, I love for us, old, old heads. Uh, and then I would scan it in and we used to have a free hosting site. It was called GeoCities. This is like when the internet first started. And I had front views of coasters.geocities.com. And I won a three, the coveted three coaster star rating award. Uh, and then my dad got me real freaked out because I had built Six Flags Great Adventure in uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Such an legendary pictures. game. Ah, dude, amazing. And uh, my dad was like, aren't you worried about getting sued by Six Flags? Mind you, I'm like 15. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, and I, uh, I stopped doing it. I could have been on YouTube. I probably would have been like TPM or something. If yeah, I TPM vids, it. yeah. I yeah. follow, trust me, I know all them Coaster Studios, everybody. Uh, like when I was 13, I had a Cedar Point fan page. I had a Disney World fan page. I had a Coaster fan page. So always been in the community. Um, but one one thing I wanted, to, I forgot about this, uh, the lightsaber training. Because I, obviously I have my own, I built a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. Amazing experience. That's definitely worth the $200. How was the lightsaber training? So first of all, Savvy is really, co- have you ever um, read any of the books? There's uh, Black Spire books and there's also Galaxy's Edge comics. I've only read the one with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. So the, the, or the apprentice, I think, I don't know what it's called. I totally forgot. Okay. And then the lost stars book. Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, if, if you want to learn more about like Savvy's and why he's resistance aligned, it's really, really cool backstory. Uh, and uh, I, I don't really read as much, but I have a lot of windshield time. That's like car driving time. And uh, so I'll do audible and they have a really great, well-directed constructed uh, version of it's called uh, black spire. I think it's called just black spire outpost. And it talks about Vi Marathi, but it also talks about Savi and the first order. It's really cool backstory that makes galaxy's edge come alive. And it's a richer backstory than just showing up and like enjoying Savvy's. which by the way, I've never built a lightsaber. I have to build one at some point. Uh, but I wish that there was a Sith version. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. From what I, no spoilers, but like from what I got is, uh, is it's more positive. And I, I, I'm more dark aligned. Like Ventress is my girl. She's like the best Ventress. Ventress. Clone War. I could watch if they did a live action where somehow Ventress showed up, my mind would explode. And, uh, yeah, I would be, and I, I messed up. I didn't get into Clone Wars until a little bit later. And I wasn't going to Galaxy's Edge when it first opened. And they had the legacy blades for Ventress. I screwed up, man. Now they're like 400 bucks. <laughs> well, also, if you... Uh, so at Barnes & Noble and BAM. So I don't know if you have any... Or do you have a BAM down there? So we do have a Books A Million, yes. So they're, they're, they actually still sell it, at my store at least. They have a Ventress blade. They have like 20 of them because they're not even bought yet. They're only they're, they're so, 180 bucks. But I wonder if they're the same ones as the ones in Galaxy's Edge, like in terms of like overstock. Dude, if Austin, no joke. Like yeah. if you could do this is on the side. If you could take a picture of one of those bad boys and just show me what it looks like. Uh, oh, yeah. I might be. I do have to find uh, I'm over like west of Tampa. There has to be a books a million here. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go down there. It's about 20 minutes south of my house. So once I go down to my so dad's now, I'm weekend, seriously Googling, dude. Oh, it's oh, yeah, it's uh, I got the, the Count Dooku one and I looked at it compared to the Disney one. I mean, it's pretty pretty accurate i mean it's it's i think it's different but i mean yeah but that one comes with the blade attached to it so you get the blade with it oh that's interesting and you get a lightsaber stand that's included so um yeah but so the lightsaber training was there like a like orientation on the dock or like on the deck i don't know exactly what the wording would be with that or the no, 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 yeah. you're, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out location wise. Right. So, um, there are, I forget how many total decks, like maybe there's five decks, but we stayed on deck four, which also had experiences. It had the, uh, crown of Corellia. It had the, uh, the brig, which was the jail cell. It had the engine room and it also had lightsaber training, your transport to Batu and, the Batu climate simulator. That's like in case you have a full blown freak out and need to be like in open air, which was, I spent a lot of time in there just like just taking and absorbing in. It just was such a great experience. But right next to the Batu climate simulator is going to be your lightsaber training. So you're going to get a, um, what do they call them? Sajas and Asaja. I might be mispronouncing that, but people who are force sensitive, who are going to bring you into this room. They place, uh, maybe, maybe there's five or six of these, um, like training, uh, LED slash light structures that are going to almost like the, the, the shining floating ball that Luke puts the blast. Oh, yeah, the, the probe droids. Right. It's, it's kind of, yeah, but they're like so small, right? But imagine it affixed to the wall. And do you want me to go into detail on this or? No? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, okay, cool. all, so, everything on the deck. I mean, I just saw it. It was, I mean, I, I saw like, very small videos only from you and a few other creators about it. So yeah, go, go for it. 
So uh, basically the way, and, and people knock this too, uh, because they're like, oh, that's so lame. What basically happens is they will, you'll have a lightsaber in front of you holding it. Uh, and then there will be a light beam that comes down with like a, uh, like a laser kind of look behind it. And you will move your blade to deflect the beam. And you'll know that you're in the beam's light because you're basically bisecting um, the laser. So that's like the behind the scenes tech, right? And you'll get an audible tone knowing that you deflected a laser blast. So that's what we're basically training is how to deflect laser blasts. When you're first doing it, it's very, very slow. And then you go through rounds, like maybe maybe four to six rounds of this, and it gets progressively harder to the point where they stop showing the light beam and you have to just feel the force, which uh, is really fun way of them like having you pretend like you can actually know where it's coming from. And they do that with like a backlit LED kind of thing that kind of looks like stars. So like you have, it's a visual cue, but it's very fast. And then to, to bring people in on the backgrounds, they give you uh, these, these powered shields. So if the person who's in the front who's deflecting misses, somebody right directly behind them has access to do shield um, stops. Uh, it's very fun. It's very difficult. And the beginning is slow, but when they're like rapid fire uh, and it's randomized patterns, because I was trying to memorize the pattern because there's four people in a line and then maybe five or six of these rows and you keep on rotating forward and moving forward. So you, everyone gets to experience this multiple times. It's just, it's really cool. But I was trying to like, I'm like super competitive. So I like learning and trying to see systems so that I could, you know, have the best score or whatever, which they did show you how many you effectively blocked or didn't block uh, on the game unit itself. It was, it was very well constructed. I don't know how else you would do it unless I saw other tech I, w- I would have to see some like really groundbreaking either holographic tech or AR like mixed reality tech that would make this better because I I I don't think you get there in our our physical world without using either of those two um, advances in computers. But yeah, and and in the future, I guarantee this can get replaced and supplemented with another style. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The 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 closest I've been to it was probably at Dave and Buster's with the VR headset or with the freestanding one where you can run around or the VR headset that I bought and I had the Vader's training three. So you had oh, like probe droids coming was awesome. Yeah. Oh, you could force pull and, you know, stab, you know, them in the chest, like stormtroopers on the chest. And when Vader came, he's face to face with you in VR. And like, I'll be completely honest. I'm a 21 year old guy. I was kind of freaked out. I'm yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't you do? He, he's seven feet tall. And I'm like, my mom, um, I think my, my ex at the time was standing next to me. She's like, why are you breathing so hard? I'm like, uh, because Vader's right in front of my face. That's, yeah, dude, that's, that's like, that's a very, uh, yeah, I mean, once again, right. So like stepping into the experience makes it that much more enjoyable for you as a, cause like you're, you're used to observing. You're not used to experiencing. Right. Yeah. And that's what I have to really communicate forward with the galactic star cruiser. You are experiencing now you can't. And I did see people just casually observe. And I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. So I do want to share this because I think this is such Disney crushed with this. I don't think anybody's talking about it either. When you're in the atrium, they're going to do this kind of, uh, they call it the muster uh, drill, which they're basically teaching you if an alarm goes off, what do you do? Where do you go? Right. And it's not like an emergency, emergency alarm. This is a storyline alarm, right? Which does happen when the first order comes on, all that kind of stuff. 
afterwards, there's kind of like a, a social like toast and drinking. They give out non-alcoholic, like effervescent, almost like an apple juice or effervescent pink lemonade. That's what it is. So everybody's, so kids can enjoy this too. By the way, if you have kids, I would recommend like somewhere in the seven to eight, because being able to read and use, they're going to give you a cell phone. They're going to give you an iPhone and that it becomes your data pad. So if you're familiar and a really fun thing to do when you're in Galaxy's Edge is to do the Disney Play app. Not only can you translate, which I'm getting really dangerously close, Austin, to be able to read Arabesque without having to use the data pad to translate, which is, <laughs> excuse me. I love I- that. I believe that I could read that Arabesh for like, dude, it's, it reminds me of when people would be like, that dude can speak Klingon. Like, dude, if (laughs) it's so dirty, but I I love it. It's a fun experience. So if you use the, the Disney play app, you actually can interact and hack droids or hack the millennium Falcon and actually makes things happen. Like jets and steam and, and sounds come from the millennium Falcon droids will beep and, and make noises. Uh, but it's critical when you're on Batuu and doing um, on-planet missions, and even throughout the storyline of the Halcyon. Like, there's, there's actually behind me, you'll see this little tiny. It's uh, like almost like a console or a, a command console, and they'll give you a what they call an M band uh, for the Halcyon, and you'll tap and then be able to interact with these consoles. There are sections though where there's a brig code that you would have to enter. So if you wanted to unlock Chewie, if he got stuck in the brig. The resistance aligned storylines because there's several storylines. There's first order, there's resistance, there's force, there's a rom com with the Rodian, uh, uh, and I forget what what um what species is Ahsoka? It starts with a T. Oh, the uh, Tano, Tano something. Yeah, Ahsoka Tano. She's the. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'll I'll Google it when we have some dead time and you're talking, but the uh, it's there's all these different storylines and arcs that you can go in and depending on your interactions that will get you to uh, a different end point within the game or the data pad interactions. And in your room, you're going to have a VR audio uh, interactive um, droid. That's really, really fun and tells really great stories. And I was first order aligned. And so was my, um, so was my bunk mate, Scott. So all of our interactions were basically trying to break this droid and do things for the first order. It's really, really cool how that works and, and how the communication works. It's just, but yeah, did you Google it? I feel like you Google yeah, it. Yeah, she's uh, uh, a torto- Tortoga. That's what she is. Tortuga. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I knew it started with a T, and I always, I always want to say Tortuga, but that's Tortuga Tavern or Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a tor. How how uh, what is it again? Tortuga. Tortuga. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I should have known that, but I, you know, I was slacking. But no, yeah, it's so okay. I love a, her. There's a young male Tortoga that would be, I guess, the uh, the um, the one one person that you could have a romantic into. And he kind of is like a schmoozer. And the Rodian, she is. Her name is uh, Wani, and it's spelled crazy. It starts with a, a Q. But Wani, she uh, she was giving me them Rodian eyes, if you know what I mean. And I, she, it was like I didn't know that there was that storyline arc. There was a gaming convention that WDWNT uh, covered and they showcased the storylines that they can have. If you don't think that this level of immersion experience is going to come to other awesome intellectual property, you are sorely mistaken. This is the future of fandom. Everyone says naturally, and I totally agree, instantly Hogwarts. You could have Hogwarts the four different rooms, do a sorting hat, 
build your, make your own wands. It is, you could have potions and spell class. Like that is a thing you could eat in the, in the hall that they have. Like that is a, and I guarantee trip one, two, three had people from universal had people from, uh, Bush gardens, like every single place that has some sort of intellectual property that they could integrate into a themed experience was here thinking, how can we do this to get not only push more revenue, but get people to be more ingrained on our brand? Because at, you know, not only do they have the Chandrilla Starline store, uh, which is only open on day one and day two, day three, they only have the disembarkment store. So if you want to buy things, I am a total uh, loser. I went right to the store and bought everything just in case something sold out because I, I had already researched using pictures from other people who had done media previews. And we can talk about, and this might be a good time to talk about the influencer conversation. Yeah, let's uh, start. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. I was going to touch on that because I saw very different sides of what happened. So I would love to, yeah. you to elaborate on that. Yeah, all, the, all those media previews though allowed me to pick out like basically, and pick out and basically budget. How much money did I want to spend and what did I want to buy? I never had a droid before. This was an exclusive droid. So I purchased the droid. I brought, I bought the action figure of the droid. I bought a Sabak set because I really wanted to learn Sabak. I'm actually really good at Sabak now, dude. Like, no joke. I was, I was confused a little bit on the storyline, but I probably played about 12 hours, 10 hours of Sabak on the Starline because we spent a good five and a half, six hours on the hollow Sabak. And then we had, I bought a deck myself and then we also played in the tournament. So next time when I go on here, which there will be a next time, I'm definitely bringing the A game on Coruscant shift. Like I'm really good. My wife and I play, she's not a star Wars person. She she'll walk around galaxy's edge and be like, this is cool, but I just don't get it. Uh, she loves Sabak. So does my uh, sister and my brother-in-law. Like it's, even though it's a star Wars game, it's a really addictive, fun card game uh, that I'm like, Hun, you're gonna play in that tournament and you're gonna smoke people, like, cause they have no idea. Uh, so it's 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 really cool. All right, let's talk media preview. Let's talk influencers. So I was not paid. I am here just as a fan. I went on my my own dime because I just love Star Wars and I I had to do this. And I'm a theme park junkie. So this is if I'm gonna spend disposable income, which is this this is not a need to have. This is a nice to have for most people, right? So I think there's a level of commitment that you have to have to want to do it. My thing is influencers, um, depending on the experience, most influencers got about three and a half hours. So my buddy, uh, Greg, who writes for Chip and Co, which is a, a theme park, uh, they're, they're a big community online and they have a news source and they're, they're really unbiased. They're very good at reporting just the facts. And Greg and Holly are reporters for Chip and Co. They got about three and a half hours. They got a little bit of food, a little bit of drinks. They got to walk around, check out a room, check out the sublight lounge. They got to do a small experience in the engine room. They got to see the Star Wars or the lightsaber training. And they got to see some of the vignettes or scenes of the storyline. Particularly, they got to see the beginning introduction of characters. And they got to see the end. They wanted to show the showcase the kylo and ray battle which i don't know how you would do it better than what they did they interjected really cool practical effects like when the lightsabers hit the railings and the railings spark off and there's a lot of timing there i think the unspoken heroes of this experience are all of the the front-facing crew members both in the storyline arc because they probably have to improv those those casts 
probably have to improv somewhere around 12 to 15 hours worth of dialogue with guests, including their, their actual scripted sections. Right. And what I love is they actually will, at the very end, they will bring up people from the Halcyon's names, how they helped me, uh, you know, like Lieutenant Croy actually talked about some kids who helped him, uh, find Chewbacca and stuff like that. Like, and so that interjected kid, like, could you imagine core memory being a kid getting called out by Lieutenant Croy helping him? Like, and, and kids got so into it. Like when Chewie was trying to be smuggled off the ship, uh, back to Batu, like kids were like hiding him and like getting in front of Lieutenant Croy. Like they got into it. Like it was real. And I don't, it was so magical and amazing, but an influencer who has three and a half hours who takes a bunch of pictures and, uh, posts like maybe six. I don't, I don't even get, like, I get they have a big audience, but most of them weren't like Star Wars fans. They just were there because it was an experience. And there's this weird race to be first, uh, in the influencer or content creator. Like when something new comes out, the first one who posts it gets more, more attention and time and like, okay, that's fair. That's so stressful. I wouldn't want to live that life is like just having to do everything first. Like your, your, your schedule is predetermined by whenever Disney releases something, which their timeline is so crazy. Like during April fools, they launch, Hey, guardians of the galaxy, we're going to make an announcement. And then the next Monday we find out, okay, it's, it's getting a cast member in AP preview, but Oh, we don't know when the registration link is. So now you're like stressed all the time for when an email is going to come out so that you can try to get the first day. So you can get the first recording so that you can post it for, Ooh, that is too much. Yeah, that's, I make, yeah. So it just I sounds make, like very stressful. Like for me with the podcast is just starting out is like, I, you know, I see all these YouTube videos like, Oh, you have to do this, do this, do this, reach out to this many people. But it's like, for you, it's like, Hey, I'm like, I saw some guy that spent his own money on this experience and I want to talk to him about it. I'm not rate Like some of these influencers are like, like when the lightsabers came out, they're like, Oh, I have to be the first person to t- post a video about it. I'm like, you know how many influencers are going to post about a lightsaber? Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's to- like what now, listen, everybody can post the exact same content, right? So like I have nothing that's unique except for access uh, because not everybody can go to the parks every single week, right? So that's like one piece. But we do hack snacks and fun facts purely because I enjoy it and I like sharing. I like teaching. That's that's the, much like you, Austin. You're going for education, history major. You're a history major. Like I like teaching people about the parks so that you can not only save time, save money, but have a better experience in the parks and maybe impress your friends with like some geeky fun facts. Like, oh, did you see this hidden Mickey? And they're like, dude, how do you know so much? Oh, you know, this guy on the internet taught me, you know, but it's, it is fun. It's really fun for me. And, and I use it only to market walrus carp as a clothing line. So I'm not aligned in the same sense of like, this is not my, uh, even though I do get paid very minimally on views on TikTok, like I'm not trying to be a creator. I'm not trying to be an influencer. I'm not trying to gain media access. Like I'm okay paying my own way to experience things. Uh, so for me, if I get any of those things, that's just like an added plus, but it's not the goal. The goal is for Walrus Carp, the clothing company, and then eventually Walrus Carp is a brand to evolve, have our own cartoons, have our own ecosystem. Maybe that's a travel agency. Maybe that's a food product, whatever it is. It, it starts with the clothing line right now. And that's why I do this is just to market. So like you reaching out to me, 
I don't care. Like, dude, I'm just a dude on the internet. So like a lot of people are like, dude, you're huge. You're, you get noticed in the parks. Like dude, whatever, man. Like it's it, none of that. I don't care about being famous. I like, I want as many people to know about Walrus Carp, the brand, but Kirk is a human. I could care less. Like it's, it's, I just want people to enjoy themselves in the parks that I love and live and breathe in all the time. Yeah, that's exactly how it is here. I mean, my buddy Owen that does the podcast with me, he's not with me today. Uh, it's the same thing as like when I took him to Disney World for the first time, I we we entered. OK, so we went to Animal Kingdom. No, we went to Hollywood Studios the first day. We we rode everything in like four hours because I'm a complete nerd. I got us the first literally, I think, second loading uh, before when you had to have the reservations for Rise of Resistance. I was like the second boarding group. So I don't know how I got second, but we got that. We rode every ride. Park up the Magic Kingdom. He sees the castle and he's like, holy cuss word. He's like, wow. First time ever at the parks. I mean, he was completely immersed, but we wrote everything in three days. And he's like, how did we do that? I'm like, because I love sharing all my knowledge of the parks. So, I mean, dude, right now, even like a little bit, I get a little, a little, I cry a lot. So it's, uh, it's just cause like, it really, it really, these are like core memories for me. And I think about like the first time that I saw something or experienced something like I cried on the house, you know, like a bunch of times because it just was so impactful memory wise. And I think about my girls and all the videos that I've taken with them in their first times experiencing, like this is living my best life possible. And I, and I probably will have to get like a real job to supplement as I'm building this until this can become a full-time real thing. Like we, right now we're in a position where we could do this uh, for the sustainable future, hopefully. Uh, but it, but it's really tough doing anything for the first time. And there's so much risk, but I think about Walt Disney, like he put the chips on the table for two years on uh, snow white. This is seven doors. Right. And yeah. if it failed, the company would have failed, but guess what? He failed at his company for so, like six times. Yeah. Like six decades. times. Yeah. He just kept going you know? back and back and back and back. But he, he knew in his core being that this could work and this has value and it is helping people. So as long as you have that like insight in your mind in anything that you do, if you're helping people and giving them more than you're taking away, like you're going to succeed together. Like this isn't about like one person or one unit. Uh, it's, it's about doing something collective. Uh, but Oh, I wanted to circle back on something and this yeah, is an aside. So right. Like memory break, we're going back to me being an introvert and, and not really communicating effectively with some of these characters. Cause you're, you're in the atrium, you have the, the welcome toast and there's all these characters walking around cruise directors there. The Sajas are there. These are the force sensitive folks, the Rodians there. They, so like mentally your brain's kind of guy is there. Wraith Cole, the smuggler is there. Uh, you have Lieutenant Croy of the First Order. Uh, you have Captain Keevan there, right? So there's all these people that you can start having conversations with. And they are. Like, there's there's w- only one cast member. So if there was a suggestion to plus this experience, I would have more secondary characters that could help the storyline arc. And I do feel that the cast members have either they're either miked or they have uh, something in their ear to help them remember. And I, I think in the back, in the back of the house where we don't see it, there is a control room that has every single uh, passenger and placing them throughout one of these six or eight storyline arcs. Right. Uh, and cause they'll remember your name. So like, I only said wall Karkin to some of these characters once and I got called wall. Hey wall. How like the whole entire time, like there's no way 350 people, many experiences. Sometimes you only get like a quick, 
15 second interaction. And sometimes you get 30 minute interactions with these characters, depending on how many people are around them. But the problem is like right at that atrium, everyone is trying to like, I didn't know who was aligned with which storyline. I knew I wanted to be smuggler in first order. First order is very easy. That's Lieutenant Croy. Cause he's wearing a giant first order, you know, everything, but smuggler, I was guessing was Lieutenant or was uh Wraith Cole, which he is. So like you, you have to like interact with those people more to get on that storyline. So it changes your Batu experience and your data pad missions. But because I was, I was kind of closed off and I was, I was, I was live streaming actually at the time and I was taking some vlogging content. So I have like two cameras out standing in the corner, like wallflower, which was very typical of me. I'm not naturally an extrovert. I had to force myself into that through sales and just through the pain points of talking in front of even, even classrooms, like classrooms are a great way to get better at just talking and networking and communicating with people. And that's not my natural tendency. It's just what I've prescribed myself through experience. There was a cast member and I was not sure if Joe uh, was a crew member or not, but she was dressed very first order, but could be smuggler. So like right in line with me, right? And she goes, hey, what's your name, right? And we start talking and chatting. And she's like, hey, like, and she's asking me really qualifying questions, which could be just a, a crew member who's trying to learn my backstory or a guest of the Halcyon trying to learn my backstory. But nay, she was not. She was a secondary character who was only there for day one to get me to be pushed into storylines. So she knew exactly where Wraith Cole was because I, I told her that, you know, for the price is right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put anything on my ship. Right. So now she's, she's walking me around the house, you know, down to deck four where Wraith Cole was. So that's why I think they have, they have information to know specifically where characters at. So I'm sure somebody in the back end. this is why it's worth the money is because there's so much behind this to support this. Plus like just the, the, if you look at the visuals and I'm sorry, if you're listening to this, you got to go check out Austin's actual YouTube, right? Yeah. I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be posting this on YouTube also. Yeah. So this, so this will get on YouTube. Please go. If you're, if you're not checking and subbing to him on YouTube, as well as just listening to this on Spotify, you're missing some of the visuals that, you know, I, I have a virtual background, but you are seeing the visuals of what it looks like in here. So she takes me downstairs. She says that she uh, smuggles kyber crystals and she gives me a kyber crystal that I still have. That is like, I got that to so keep. cool. And she goes, I smuggle these. And I'm like, what is that? She goes, it's kyber crystals. I'm like, there's a lot of money and that's highly legal. I'm into it. So she then interjects me to Wraith Cole, who had only two other people. And she's like, she introduces me to him. Then we chat. Then he gives me access via the command console to get into uh, I believe it was the engine room. So I got into the engine room early of the sequence or not really early, but like at the time, which was right for the smuggler to be able to check out and experience that section. Then her and I went into another command console. We hacked the console using the codes that he gave us to go into the engine room. And then her and I did one of the experiences in the engine room, which was like solving a puzzle. It's very confusing in there. Now I have a con- concept because I spent a good hour and a half inside that room just messing about with each one of the stations. Uh, and then it becomes full circle. All these things uh, are experiences that you end up doing. So you're kind of like layering. Uh, lightsaber training does not come back. I wish it did, but it does not. But your engine room training comes back and your um, bridge training does come back 
at the very end storyline, you have like secret meetings based on who you were most aligned with. I, mine was Lieutenant Croy, uh, but others had Wraith Cole. Others had Chewie and Ray. So it just depended on who you were aligned with where you would end up spending time and when, because you would have these like private meetings uh, for only people in that storyline. So there was like maybe 30 people all grouped out in these different times that you would have like a more personalized experience, but you had to know how to do all of the elements in the engine room and had to know all the elements in the uh, bridge to be able to, to help push the storyline further, which was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, finishing up because I got about twelve minutes left, and I have that uh, the lunch to go to. So yeah, dude, you pro- got it. Props to Akron for winning the championship. Uh, that's our big uh, call to minus LeBron being from Akron. Uh, but <laughs> so uh, I saw two things. So the finale. I want to talk about the finale. I don't want you to spoil anything for people, but and then yep. uh, the blankets, pillows, and the towels looked amazing. The logo. I just wanted to elaborate on that really quick. Like. Just, just, just the little things. I mean, and in the bathroom and everything. How is that yeah, with the me, logos uh, and everything? So let me see if I can pull up a picture real quick on my phone while we're talking about it. So first of all, the the Chandrillas logo is actually a uh, thousand year old or ten thousand year old. I'm trying to remember uh, the year on it. Space, hyperspace compass, and it's it's actually on display in the atrium. So in the atrium, if you're here, it's like right around this pillar. Yeah, I saw your. The, I saw that video on TikTok about it. It looked amazing. I mean, the logos yeah, on. Like, I saw the pillows. I'll uh, link uh, your TikTok, obviously, in the the uh, show notes. But you guys, if you guys are listening, please go check out his videos because he goes in depth. He shows. I mean, just the. I would obviously take a pillow home if I could, but you know. I mean, so yeah. Here's uh, let me see how I can do this. I don't know if it'll come up or it'll green screen it. Oh, I see it. Yep. There we there go. There you go. Love so there's that. there's the uh the symbol there. They should be selling these blankets too, by the way. The, like Disney take my money on Please. this blanket. That yes. thing, if they would have sold it for anywhere around a hundred bucks to two hundred dollars, you're coming home with me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that thing is so cool. And then here's the hyperspace compass. So if you look at this at the right angle, uh hang on, hang on, there we go. If wow. you look at this That's... from the first first, and this is actually part of the storyline, there's a very, very expensive, the most expensive thing on the Halcyon is this little hyperspace uh, compass little, I don't know, it's not a marble, but it's it's like a like crystal. Or... It, right, crystal. But if you look right there, that's the Chandrilla's logo is that hyperspace compass. So uh, this is like an analog version of the things that are now digital within the the freighters and all the Starcraft that you have in Star Wars. But yeah, I it's I mean they sell a lot of things that are branded, but they desperately should have sold that stuff. And you know, I'm not going to smuggle any of that out, you know. I the last yeah. thing I want to do is ruin the place that I love the most just to get a blanket or a thing. But Disney, you want more money? Sell Take more it. things with the Chandrilla logo on it cuz I would have bought all of it. And I'm I'm hoping we actually had another suggestion Scott and I that every day they should swap out the merch. I think on day 2, they should swap out the Starliner store entirely with resistance focused costumes and items first order smugglers you know smuggler stuff like all the different storylines should have very specific merch aligned with it they would instantly sell a ton day one and then new stuff day two. yeah more even that day they could just yeah because you would go oh dude this is awesome but i want to have uh, a pin that says for the order on it right do you know what i mean Oh, that that would be amazing because I just saw it and I'm like looking at it just the theme because going on a Disney cruise, 
you have a little bit of the aspect of the Disney Cruise logo on it, but you're allowed to have, like, you're allowed to take your towel with you. Uh, they give you stuff like each day because I think it knows four day, I'm sorry, four night, three day cruise. Yep. And it was, I mean, you got to take, you know, towels home with you, blankets and stuff. They gave you stuff like, hey, this is stuff you can take with you. But with the aspect of the theming is, I think they all have stuff in their ears too, also with microphones because every day I'll be walking and I'll, I'll go down to the pool. Hey, Austin, how you doing? How do you know that? That's what like, I'm saying. Like yeah. there's, there's, and, and that's, listen, if you're paying that price, you should get that level of service, right? Uh, it was so, amazing. Yeah. Wouldn't it trade it for anything? The, the only thing, here's a pro tip though. In the bedrooms, this is another thing that's like completely innocuous. And and I don't know if most people give appreciation, but whoever the cast member or the third party company who designed the backstory video, because it actually had to do side panels and a front panel for the entire experience. So imagine the screen. So there's a screen up here in the upper right that you could see. There was two different sides of it, which means that two sides of the ship, one side, the other side, and then the front all needed to have different animation. That was two and a half days long and different because the entire experience, they show a map in your room of where you are. So we never shut our, um, our base. So here's your pro tip or your hack. Bring painter's tape and tape up the around of the window because there are lights around your room's window to see outside. You don't want to miss the experience of seeing all of those individual scenes, like when you're coming up on Bespin or when you're coming up on Batu, or when the first order fleet is around you. Like those are all things that you want to see. And I wanted to wake up to seeing that outside, but there's all these lights and they're super bright. We just left it on. But next time I go back, I will be taping it up so that I can leave the, the port open, but the lights aren't on, you know, because that is a little distracting if you're trying to, to sleep. But that, that's what I would use painter's tape because it doesn't leave residual anything. And uh, then you can block off all that stuff really easily. Nice. Well, Perfect. yeah. So, yeah, that's that's perfect because I know people that are going to be listening to this. I'll try to get it on some of the Facebook groups, but they're pretty stingy on on posting promotional stuff. But I'll talk to the admin and see if I can get it on there. Well, dude, um, if, if you if you post anything on TikTok, that's like easy for me to reshare or restitch. Like I'll just throw it up on our oh, thing, no problem. Perfect. And I can promote and try to push people to this oh, as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're just starting out. So this will be the third episode because we posted one yesterday about Cedar Point. And then really quick before we end, I want to say meet and greets are coming back. I know you're yep. a big uh, it's Splash Mountain had a little incident the other day. So people are listening. If you want to check out that video, I'll link that also. Uh, one of the carts got a little flooded. And Cosmic Rewind Preview Day is coming up. So whenever you get the ride, I'll love to have you back on the show for that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm just waiting on that, like everyone else, the registration yep. link. Uh, I don't care if I go like the first day or anything. Like the uh, Epcot already sold out of park passes. So Holy for crap. day one, day one opening. But they, we don't have our, our AP preview just yet. So whenever the AP preview is, I'll be able to ride it before most uh, just ticketed guests. Uh, and that's just included with my annual pass. It's not like a special thing for yeah. anything. So yeah. So whenever that happens, yeah, glad to have you. I'll glad to have you back for that because I know, yeah, man, that experience is going to be. I mean, we're going to have a backwards launch. I know that. I don't want to know where it's going to be at, but the the carts are going to be controlled spinning, so you're going to see screens spinning around and like that. So it's going to be, dude, dude. Check out check out Cobra's Curse from Bush Gardens. Tampa. Bush Gardens. Yeah, I feel very similar ride system for the rotations of the roller coasters. Yeah, uh, because Mock Rides made that, so I'm a big. Obviously, I know all the manufacturers. Dude, I wonder, yeah, I wonder what who made that one. All right, 
keep on keep on talking i'm googling oh yeah but no that's uh i mean that's obviously in conclusion there but uh yeah no that i'm very excited for that tron's coming out what later what's august i think dude mock rides yeah mock called rides, it yeah. called it dude i the the earlier today i was like it's that ride system i know it because cobra's curse just came out last year and it rotates so similarly and the trains are oh god i'm good yeah, mock rides is probably my. I, I want to get down to Silver Dollar City and ride time traveler. Oh, is it spinning? Yes. That ride is probably my top like one ride. I know it's not the most intense ride, but yeah, spinning at the same time you dive into a ravine in the middle of nowhere. I mean, if you go at night, you can't see where you're going. Dude, can we just say that Dollywood and Silver City are like some of the most incredible oh. in terms of ride systems? Like oh, Dolly yeah. Parton crushes when it comes to new ride systems. She had the first like. 90 degree one like straight drop with uh i think it, i forget what it's something mine but oh uh, my god i could oh, talk yeah. forever about that oh, about yeah. that, i would like, love to have her on the podcast but uh the other podcast is to coasterradio.com i know that that that's their dream person so dolly if you're listening go go on their show first and come over here second but uh, now get yours austin dude Come well, on, no, you gotta have your time. Hey, uh, I mean, I'm I'm emailing people. Trust me, I've uh, I'm waiting. Hey, man, that's half the battle. That's that's the one thing that's so cool about the internet is you can DM anybody on Instagram. They that's, might not answer, but you can try. I sent about twenty emails yesterday to park representatives, park owners, family members that own the park. I'm like, hey, like, I, your new ride's coming out this year. Your new park, like, I want to interview you. I mean, get I'm probably, you know, even if I get one out of twenty, that's all I want. That's Probably actually one. a really good rate. I would think yeah. one out of a hundred would be also yeah. a really good rate. Yeah, I'll, we'll see you later. So I'll keep, I'll keep you updated on that. But yeah, so uh, in conclusion, thank you, man, for being on the show. Uh, definitely going to have you back later, obviously, with uh, Cosmic Rewind. We're excited for that. And Tron. So, but yeah. Yeah. But awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to check us out anywhere, it's just Walrus and Carp. So uh, this comes from Alice in Wonderland, Walrus and the Carpenter. It's a nonsense name that nobody took. So uh, I didn't want to be like theme park t-shirts because yeah. like everybody would have that. So it's it's very distinctly unique to us. It means nothing until it means something. So here we are building walruscarp.com. And then uh, you can follow us and in, in on the live streams and TikTok. Sorry, it's pouring rain here in Florida. Oh, you're good. I'm outside. Oh. This is a lot better. So thank you, Austin, for having me on. And, of course. Uh, I'll sure link everything in the show notes too. So that I can that I can ship it off and uh, promote you as well. Of course. Yeah. I'll link uh, all your, uh, your Instagram, everything. I'll put that in the show notes of the show. So everybody can link to that really quickly too. So thanks dude for having me on. I love uh, talking to fellow theme park enthusiasts. Of course, man. Well, it's a pleasure. Have a great day at the parks. If you're going. Thanks brother. I'll see you. See you dude.